Welcome to the Common Knowledge Podcast. In today's podcast, you'll realize monsters are real. The Family International is one of the world's most notorious cults, in their peak reaching over 80 countries, ruining lives along the way. There was sexual, child, and physical abuse happening in all their communes, but reportedly, Japan was one of the worst. In Japan, I know people directly affected by this cult. I see their struggles to cope with the atrocities done to them. But most people I know were second generation, people born into the cult. So for better understanding, I turned to a brave survivor, Sandy Ellis. Miss Ellis was a first generation member who joined the Family International in the 70s. So she was there for the rise and the fall. So the Children of God cult is the, you could say the brainchild of David Berg and Karen Zerby. They were the, the people who were right at the very center of it in 1969 in the United States. It was a, a religious group. It, 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 it's a religious cult. And David Berg, you know, believed himself to be a prophet. The prophet predicted in the Bible for the end of the world, for the end times. So he considered himself to be the end time prophet. And Karen Zerby was one of the young women he started sleeping with in, in 1969, 1970. And, you know, she ended up becoming his wife. And together they created this worldwide monstrosity of you know, a lot of people call it a sex cult, but really it was a sacrificial cult, a sacrifice cult, where, where all the people who joined, they sacrificed their lives, their, their, their marriages, you know, they gave all their money, they gave all their effort, they gave everything, even their children to the cult. And you know, it was a child sacrifice cult at heart because even the children born into the cult were, they belonged to the cult. And David Berg determined everything about their lives and their parents let him do that. So let's start here. Who is David Berg? David Berg was born February 18, 1919 to traveling evangelists. He was the youngest of three children. David Berg's mother, Virginia, is the individual whom is credited and influencing him the most. David Berg spent his early years traveling with his parents, who pursued their evangelical mission with a passion. Berg would later write that he was sexually abused at the age of three by a Mexican babysitter and physically abused by a German nurse. In 1968, David Berg and his family founded an organization called Teens for Christ. But after getting a lot of pushback from local churches for being too radical, he would gather a group of 40 individuals and start his missionary work. It's easy now to picture David Berg as some kind of monster, but like in most stories, the wolf always appears in sheep clothing. David Berg was charming, charismatic, and had a commanding voice. Taking a somewhat traditional message of love, peace, and living simply, and slowly perverting him to his sick desires. Berg would go to schools to spread the word of God, but in reality, Berg knew this was the perfect place to recruit young, impressionable members for his cult. Berg also took a rather aggressive approach to recruiting converts. Nightclubs, cafes, concerts, no venues were off limits in the name of converting somebody to Jesus. 
Burke's road show did so well, he decided to take it worldwide. Well, praise the Lord. Where shall I begin? God bless you all. We love you all. We miss you terribly. This has been one of the most difficult things I believe that I have had to do in my whole life is to leave the family group uh, back there, meaning all of you, and uh, uh, go almost alone to uh, a far country and another world almost. Bird would piggyback off the hippie movement of the 60s and 70s. He would use a message of love and counterculture to attract potential members. Once again, Miss Sandy Ellis. I'm originally from the UK. I'm from Liverpool. I came to Australia when I was seven. And when I was 15, this cult came to my school. They contacted my school and because they were on a drive to recruit Catholics. I was in a Catholic girls' school. And, you know, I had a bit of a history of feeling very disconnected, you know, from Australian culture and society. Even though I was still young, I really felt like I didn't belong. So when these people came to the school with this sort of radical religious message, I loved it. Uh, You know, it was a message of rebellion. It was a message of, you know, come and join us. We're the real deal. Um, You can serve God and you can be free. You can be free of all the hypocrisy of the institutions, you know, that teenagers sort of feel. And I I met them again when I was 17. But you don't join culture, get recruited. There's a very active procedure in in once a person shows a little bit of interest they reel you in like a fisherman you know they reel you in really what's the process of that with the children of god there was a lot of emphasis on i love you because god loves you they present themselves as very loving very interested in you very concerned about you and they use a thing called love bombing where you feel very cared about in a a unique way, something you've never felt before. Love bombing. Love bombing is the attempt to influence a person by demonstrating attention or affection. It can be used in different ways for either positive or negative purposes. Psychologists have identified love bombing as a possible part of a cycle of abuse and have warned against it. Psychology professor Margaret Singer popularized awareness of the concept in her 1996 book, Cults in Our Mist. She writes, as soon as any interest is shown by recruits, They will be love bombed by recruiters and other cult members. Love bombing is a coordinated effort, usually under the direction of leadership, that involves long-term members flooding recruits and newer members with flattery, verbal seduction, affectionate, but usually non-sexual touching, and a lot of attention to their every remarks. Love bombing, or the offer of instant companionship, is a deceptive ploy accounting for many successful recruitment drives. Okay, so my experience was I visited the the Children of God home. At, at that time, they were called colonies. And, you know, I was a young girl. I was 17. And they, they were a couple of males who would have been maybe 19, 20, 21, a little bit older than me. And they would sit with me and look into my eyes and be very instantly like connected to me. And, 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 and they would say, you know, you're our sister. You know, we're a family. You know, God has brought you to us. And they would read me the literature that David Berg wrote. And they were called Mo Letters. 
And this literature, it was written in such a way that you felt very inspired by it and you felt a real connection to what was being, you know, said and also to the people who were who were sitting with you, giving you this message. You know, and for me as a teenage girl to have a handsome, you know, very cute, you know, sort of fellow sitting there holding a guitar and singing to me, looking right into my eyes, I'm like, I've died and come to heaven. You may find it easy to blame victims and say they should have seen through Berg's false teaching, but you'd be wrong. A true master manipulator knows if they come out with their true intentions, then you would disregard them. So they start off with practical messages and gradually throw in their warped teachings to indoctrinate you. They use propaganda, disinformation, and mind tricks to poison the mind of their flocks. One of Berg's greatest tools was called Mo Letters short for Moses' letter. Moses David being one of Berg's many aliases. And these were proved to be one of Berg's and the cult's most valuable tools. It was in Mo letters Berg promoted child pornography, prostitution, adultery, libel, kidnapping, larceny, obstruction of justice, and political meddling. It was in the Mo letters David Berg told members that God was love and love was sex. So there should be no limits regards to age or relationship. In the next section, we look at how the Family International exploited their membership, primarily women and the children, for money. <laughs> 